we're humans at the base of this, you know, and we need to, to treat each other with that genuine understanding and care that we would our own family. November is Perinatal Anxiety and Depression Awareness Week in Australia. I'm Emma Walsh, the CEO of Parents at Work. Thanks for joining us for this exclusive podcast. I'm joined today by Arabella Gibson, the CEO of the Gidget Foundation. Let's get real about what it means for parents and workplaces, because parents' mental health and well-being is serious. And we'd like to share with you how you and your organisation can support your parents at work. Well, hi, Arabella. Thanks for having this conversation with me today. So it's Perinatal Mental Health Week in November from the 10th to the 16th. And so I thought the obvious question to start with is just tell us, first of all, what perinatal actually means and why is it important to have a week that highlights perinatal anxiety and depression? Hi, Emma. Well, perinatal, uh, the actual word itself, perinatal, is the period from conception through to one year postpartum. So that incorporates both the antenatal and postnatal period. Um, And then the depression and anxiety part obviously applies to that period, so perinatal depression and anxiety. So um, it's a significant enough issue across Australia. I know that it affects, you know, a lot of men and women, and I'm sure you'll, you'll tell us about that in a minute. So, you know, tell us about the importance of having a week to highlight it. What, what do you hope to highlight during the week of November 10th to 16th? Well, I guess it's, a, it's an opportunity for us to um, drive awareness about perinatal depression and anxiety, about both the causes and the symptoms, but also here at the Gidget Foundation, the different supportive opportunities that we have that people can uh, access through our different programs. So, yeah, for us, it's, it's, it's mainly driving awareness, but not only of the illness, also of the fact that we have some really wonderful support mechanisms in place to, to look after people. Yeah, so tell us about, you know, just typically how many people were affected by this? Why, why is it such a significant um, part of the population, do you think, that suffer from this? Yeah, well, about um, 50% of new parents will experience adjustment disorders, just really getting used to the concept of having a child and how much that changes their life. Um, so about 50% will experience that. But then from that, around one in five new mums and one in 10 new dads, which can often be a bit of surprise to people, will go on to experience um, clinically diagnosable perinatal depression and anxiety. So it is really prevalent. It's about 100,000 Australians every year that will experience this illness. But the good news is that um, it is a recoverable illness and with the right support, you can go on to live a really happy and thriving life. Mm. And I think it's really important we're having this conversation today with employers being, you know, the, the focus of, of this particular um, podcast because it obviously has an impact on workforce because we know the majority of uh, parents are re-entering the workplace pretty quickly. For dads, you know, we know that they're back usually within a week mm. of having a new baby and their whole life's changed but nothing's changed at work. Mm. Um, and then for mums, we know the average is about seven months. They're due back. They're, they're you know, probably still breastfeeding, possibly not 
sleeping through the night. Um, and so they bring all of those challenges at home to work. Um, so what do you think workplaces and organisations and their leaders need to be more aware of perhaps um, than they are currently about this? Look, I think transitioning back into the workforce after you've had a child is a, is a very, very tricky situation. And it's a time when new mums and certainly new dads as well can be highly anxious. Um, they feel a, a significant responsibility around um the financial side of things, but also there's the responsibility to their partner and now to their their responsibility to the new child as well. So I think that feeling of burden and that feeling of a really, you know, heavy shoulders um, and having to have broad shoulders can be really tricky. So I think as a as an employer, it's really important to identify when you might have someone um, in your team who who might need you know, some time out or um, a little bit of extra understanding, um, the flexibility that they might need to be able to work kind of different hours or pick up things at different times is really important too. And and just, uh, I guess, being empathetic to their situation and, and understanding that things can be kind of really tricky. And it's whilst it's a joy to have a new baby in, in your family, it's also challenging and um, anxieties can come to the fore. Yeah, look, I think it, it's a part, it's about noticing really, isn't it? Because often when we're at work, we're busy getting jobs done and having meetings and, you know, everything that needs to happen in that particular workplace and business is prioritised, mm. rightly so, many people would say. And so, you know, we're going about our daily business at work and it can be easy to not notice, if you like, um, that you know, someone next to you that has, has had a baby in, you know, in the, in the past uh, 12 months might be struggling um, because often they're trying to put on a brave face. They don't want to necessarily bring all their drama to work around how they're thinking and feeling. Um, so, you know, I think this noticing piece is so important for employers. So what would you encourage employers to do to be a bit more proactive where they're noticing and asking um, you know, parents for, you know, what support they need. I think, um, you know, having some really good policy in place in an organisation is important and referring to it. So having some check-in points is critical um, and that those check-in points can begin right from when, um, you know, the, the, the staff member announces that they're having a baby right through until when they come back. So, what I think a lot of workplaces tend to do is when someone goes on maternity or paternity leave, they kind of leave them to it. And a lot of people can feel really isolated through that feeling. So keeping in touch and having some kind of check-in points is really, really important. And then looking at ways that you can try and facilitate an easier kind of re-entry back into the workplace for someone um, who's in your team is, is really important too. Um, and obviously that, that changes from team to team or industry to industry. So there's no kind of hard rule, fast, uh, fast rule book. But um, I think it's, as you say, it's noticing, but it's also keeping the check-in points really regular so that people aren't feeling isolated. Yeah, I think, I think that is key. I mean, look, unless um, you're going to put in place some policies and processes and mechanisms that are going to help people, um, either to reach out for help or to ask others if they need support. Mm. 
then we just know these things don't happen. And this is all really part of having a wellbeing policy, isn't it? A wellbeing approach at work um, that so many employers, you know, have tried to really focus on having. Um, but I agree with you, there seems to be a little bit of an absence at times when someone has a baby within a team, as you say, to leave them to it. Oh, we don't want to disturb mm. them. They'll, they'll let us know if they want to have a chat or, you know, no, we won't reach out um, and ask them how they're going yeah. um, because we're just a work colleague and they've got friends and, you know. So there's all sorts of justifications, I think, that employers, managers, peers, et cetera, come up with to perhaps not reach out to people. Mm. But I'm hearing from you that it's really important to reach out um, to um, help those people feel that they are connected to a broader village, if you like, of people that can support them. Yeah, and connection is the key there. The, that word connection is the key. I think it's keeping that connection so they still feel valued and they still feel important within the workplace and they still feel like they can contribute because I think quite often you'll find that parents, you know, they go on maternity or paternity leave and, and they feel that their value has decreased. So I think really trying to, to show them that they, they still matter is really important too. Mm. Now, we know that's particularly critical for the mums who are the most likely to be taking the extended break from the workforce. Let's, I'd just like to turn our attention to dads for a minute because, as you know, that's a big um, you know, part of my focus, um, you know, parents at work, really trying to help men lean into parenthood and how we support employers to do the same. Why, um, I mean, I've got some thoughts around why that's so important, but from your point of view, from a mental health point of view, why is it critical that we support fathers um, in workplaces in those first 12 months? Look, I think by supporting fathers, you're really supporting a family and you're keeping, you're, you're, you're allowing families to develop some resilience and some strength because there's um, really very much a partnership going on there. So I think it's critical for for employers to do that because ultimately then they're going to see significant results from simply looking after simply looking after their staff in terms of you know the way in which those those dads will value their position in their in their company or in their role um and I think that you know certainly there's an, an element of resentment that um we see you know anecdotally with dads that you know they feel a resentment that they miss out on certain times with their with their new children um and that they they they're kind of left to, to carry other burdens. So I think if we're supporting dads and making them feel very much part of that um, kind of shared co-parenting um, model, then that's that's a really important thing to do and, and it will only benefit the employer significantly for the lack of that resentment. Well, that's right. No, that's quite rightly put. And I think the other piece that we undervalue perhaps and, and don't mention as much is this important of, importance of building healthy relationships at work and at home. And if we are feeling stress and, um, you know, pressure and depression and anxiety, it's really hard for us to be focused on building healthy relationships at home and at work. And so, and we know what happens when we don't have healthy relationships. You know, um, we see those fracture, we see, um, you know, obviously conflict, um, we see a loss in productivity, over enjoyment, overall enjoyment and happiness and joy goes down. Um, and all of those affect a workplace's morale. 
Um, and so, you know, the, there is such a flow-on effect to getting this right. And we know that this is, you know, sometimes depression and anxiety um, is difficult to understand, you know, uh, at, at times when it's occurring. And, and that might mean that it's not that nothing particularly significant that you've noticed as an employer has occurred, um, but because uh, an individual might have mental health challenges um, and they have had for some time, you know, it's an ongoing struggle that they live with, it, it's easy to miss actually. However, when these things um, like having a baby, losing a loved one, having a miscarriage, significant uh, life challenges that happen to people, we know fundamentally as human beings they're going to be mm. impacted by it yeah. it's going to hurt and they're going to have grief and they're going to need time to recover and yet sometimes we haven't developed workplace cultures to really lean into that properly you know what what do you say to employers what could they be doing more to support people in this pre during and post stage look obviously implementing a formal emotional well-being program is is the kind of gold star of of this of this space but i think on a really kind of basic level it's 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 keeping an eye on your staff and noticing when they're kind of unable to concentrate or maybe they're struggling to make certain decisions or their their to-do list is becoming overwhelming and they're not actually kind of getting things done um, you might see a lot of um, absence from the workplace. So suddenly, you know, constant headaches or, you know, heart palpitations or, you know, those sorts of things might be at play. Um, so really kind of trying to notice and then take action that will support that person to really help them, um, you know, identify what they might be experiencing um, and have sometimes those those tricky conversations that need to be had that can really help someone to see, you know, what they're experiencing, and 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 that can be really tricky. But I think, as you said, you know, we we're humans at the base of this, you know, and you know, we, we need to to treat each other with um, that genuine um, understanding and care that we would our own family. And I think if we in, if we bring that into the workplace, we will see really significant support and changes. Mm. It is actually, isn't it, just down to those really nice basics of are you okay, um, which is why the, you know, are you okay day movement is such a great one. Um, so, yeah, starting to ask ourselves that, that question, um, making sure that we have in place um, formal policies but also uh, approaches and really be fostering a culture that bothers to actually ask people how they're going, what can I do to support you, that's a significant change in your life. We get it. There might be some things that you need some help with. So tell us what they are. You know, if we could get used to having those conversations as employers and leaning into it, we'd all be a lot better for it. Um, yeah. It, final word from you around Gidget and what it can do around supporting employers raise awareness around yeah, well, look, um, we have a, a wellbeing in the workplace program, which we, um, we run in conjunction with parents at work. So we're very much looking at ways that we can support um, organisations internally and externally. 
We have a number of um, clinical treatment programs which consist of both group therapy and uh, face-to-face clinical psychology sessions. I think the the one that we found that's most popular with um, employers is our our video telehealth service. It's actually called Start Talking and um, this particular service offers 10 free clinical psychological sessions to new parents um, who might be struggling and need some extra support and that particular program seems to work really well um, from an employer perspective because it allows um, the parent to um, conduct their sessions from the safety and security of either um, their home or a private workspace and it allows them the opportunity also to um, have uh, priority of access uh, to care um, through their workplace as well. So that's another opportunity that we've found has been really um, supportive and successful for new parents. We also have something called our our bunny books, and our bunny books are a, a fabulous maternity and paternity leave. Um, gift. There are four different books that um, turn children's stories into support for for new parents and they tackle a whole range of different topics. So everything from insomnia um, to discovering the power of gratitude, managing anxiety and fear and and overcoming low motivation. And we found that a lot of employers are giving these books um, to their employees and and getting a really, really positive response um, to instead of giving them the triple zero onesie, which the, the little bub's grown out of in about a week. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so there's there's lots of opportunities there for things that that um, employers can do to, to support their workforce. Yeah, and I would agree. I mean, it's if fundamentally putting in place um, return to work programs, um, you know, obviously helping people prepare, transition and, and come back is so critical. So, you know, mentoring and coaching support um, course support and not forgetting the managers either because it's really yeah. easy to put all your focus on the individual but mm. managers frankly need some help with this too so yeah. helping roll out some basic training um, toolkits etc for managers on how to um, help people through parental leave transition and also obviously navigating flexible work so if you are an employer listening and would like more help from either the Gidget Foundation or Parents at Work, Arabella and I are happy to have a conversation with you. You can find all the details on our website. Thank you very much for supporting Perinatal Mental Health Week and uh, really helping create family-friendly workplaces of the future. Thanks, Arabella. Thanks so much, Emma. Thank you for listening to another great podcast proudly brought to you by Parents at Work. We hope you feel inspired and you've got some fresh practical ideas to help you with your work-life balance. If you like what you've heard, please share it with others and subscribe to the Parents at Work podcast page. And remember, if you need extra support or would like to send us your feedback, please email info at parentsatwork.com.au.